Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, the VC investment landscape is back in focus as we speak to the venture arm of one of Japan's largest consumer credit companies, Credit Sison. Called Sison Capital, the corporate venture arm invests in pre seed to Series B companies with a focus on Southeast Asia and India. Now, while the firm is sector agnostic, it likes to work with founders that are building platforms or ecosystems. That have the potential to distribute financial services to the underbanked. The question is, what expertise does Sison Capital want to provide to startups, and how does that influence the companies it invests in? Now, speaking of investing and developing startups, Sison Capital also works with Stripe to link founders with Stripe leaders from a number of business functions, including engineering and sales. But how far has that reaped tangible benefits for the firm? And meanwhile, data from PitchBook showed venture capital funding. Globally, almost halved in the first six months of 2023, despite the earlier AI frenzy. So, are VCs running out of dry powder, or are they just merely not investing? Well, for more, let's speak to Tin En Lui, partner at Sison Capital. Tin En, welcome. Thank you, Tin Tin. Great to have you. And we've briefly talked about、uh, Sison Capital as this corporate venture arm of Credit Sison, Tin En. But we want to hear from you. How would you then describe、uh, Sison Capital's value proposition and business model? Absolutely. So Saison Capital is an early stage venture capital firm where we invest in ambitious founders with a special focus on emerging markets in India and Southeast Asia. We are a wholly owned subsidiary of Credit Saison, which is one of the largest credit card and consumer finance companies in Japan. And it's really with that idea of supporting companies that are thinking about financial services. Uh, and this not necessarily is limited to fintech companies, but this could be all kinds of companies that want to potentially embed financial services in their core products and services. So, with that lens, we take a, a really broad sector approach towards investing companies in the region that could essentially unlock more financial inclusion for the masses. Now let's talk about Saison Capital's、uh, presence within Singapore and Asia, and in particular, Tinan.、Uh, what purpose does Saison Capital serve to credit Saison as a whole, particularly within Singapore? Absolutely. So Saison Capital really drives from a financial mandate.、Uh, while we do have a strategic connection with the Credit Saison Group, our primary intent is to deliver financial returns. Having said so, what we bring is a unique set of access, experience, and also capital. Because the Credit Saison Group has owns and runs multiple financial institutions across India as well as Southeast Asia in the debt and lending space. So broadly, if you put both of that together, where Saison Capital fits in, it's really to be at the forefront of technological innovation. We see what's the latest cutting edge ideas. We support founders right from day one, and from that, we bring the resources, the expertise, and the capital of the group to really help accelerate and catalyze the growth. Mm. Now, two points that you mentioned earlier. One is your focus on Southeast Asia and India. The other is on、uh, helping startups since day one. And on that note, I believe Saison Capital invests in pre-seed to Series B companies. So, what are the reasons behind focusing on the area, the geographical areas, and specifically on early stage firms? So, on the India and Southeast Asia part, it forms into a broader emerging markets thesis. And we believe that in many of these rapidly developing markets, 
Firstly, there's a lot of friction and inefficiencies that still exist and are not solved yet. And that is most apparent in the financial services sector. So we believe this is one of the most exciting areas, the frontiers of development over the next decade, as we see the rising middle class as incomes increase in many of these emerging markets that leads to a lot of opportunities across both the consumer and the business front. Uh, for us, because we have active one of the most active debt lending businesses in India and mm. Southeast Asia, this also gives us unique and unparalleled access um, to understand how the region works because each country, uh, even within Southeast Asia, is very nuanced. You have different regulations, different culture, different ways of working, and we really bring the kind of localized understanding in the financial services sector across all our companies. Uh, and the second question is in terms of early stage, and that's a function of actually my own experience together with my partner's experience. Um, so I previously co-founded Glintz, which is one of the largest recruitment tech platforms, and my co-founder mm. was part of the founding team at one of the unicorns in India. And I think we believe that the early stage companies where our role as investors can play the most outsized difference, really supporting founders from, from day one, uh, not just from a capital point of view, but really unlocking talent, unlocking networks and unlocking key relationships. Mm. And talk about unlocking networks and unlocking uh, more potential. Let's talk about unlocking synergies, right? While Saison Capital is sector agnostic, right, the firm likes to work with founders who are building platforms to serve the underbanked in some way or the other. So tell us more about that. And what expertise does Saison Capital want to provide to startups? How does the influence then who you invest in? Definitely. So the Credit Saison Group is actually one of the largest wholesale debt lenders to fintechs in the region. So of course, over the past decade, you've seen the rise of fintechs servicing both consumers and businesses, and quite a sizable proportion of them have lending businesses. What many probably don't know is Credit Saison is one of the key backend lenders for many of these fintech companies. And so essentially, where we bring, what we bring to the table is both capital and capability. Uh, we have the flexibility to write checks from the smallest kind of hundred, two hundred thousand dollars amount all the way to kind of eight or nine figure uh, sums, right? And that really gives us the flexibility to support startups from day one all the way to kind of their their their, their dreams at at scale. Uh, and in terms of the capability wise, because we really understand each region, uh, we have already been actively dispersing. We've been actively lending across the different markets. That really gives us a sense of what industries are doing well. Uh, what are the important factors to consider and, and, and many of these uh, capabilities that come along with being on the ground lenders in many of these emerging markets. Mm. And don't mind me following up, Atien, and how does that influence the type of companies that you invest in? I know you mentioned that uh, you look at a variety of use cases so long as they are related to fintech in some way, but is there any particular preference in that sense uh, looking at the capabilities that you have? Yes. So fintech is perhaps the most evident and obvious area where we'll invest. But beyond that, where we're excited about, it's really where financial services can really unlock new areas of growth. Uh, one particular theme or thesis that we have is in the area of B2B commerce, um, so business to business commerce. And we realize that in many supply chains across things like agriculture, across FMCG, across construction, many of these supply chains actually can be improved with the availability of financing. So this is kind of where really Credit Saison comes in, right? We identify the opportunities of efficiency. 
we op identify opportunities for additional revenue streams for companies that are participating in these ecosystems. So a concrete example would be, let's say today, a, a distributor of a FMCG, a fast-moving consumer good. They might decide that they want to take on more inventory and help to grow sales. Uh, usually to do that, they will need access to some levels of debt and some levels of financing. And this is really where kind of Credit Saison comes in to provide the capital and the capability and where Saison Capital partners up with them from day one to really unlock these capabilities. So we, we see ourselves as essentially be, uh, experts in this topic that really we can help to understand and unlock uh, areas of financing. And this really expands beyond just fintech, right? Essentially kind of it expands across a broad swath of companies. And perhaps mm -hmm. the last thing I'll touch on is also where we're particularly excited on is the intersection of the fintech and the blockchain. Because we believe that essentially with the, with the advent of digital assets and distributed ledgers, we see that this is going to be a radical way, radical change to how money moves over the next decade. Hmm. And let's take a look at your portfolio, uh, Ching An. Uh, Saison Capital does invest in a number of Web3 firms, such as D3 Labs, which aims to bridge underserved individuals, businesses, and the formal financial sector. And uh, you've recently invested in the cross-border payment startup Tazapay as well. So take us through some of your notable firms and why you invested in them. Yes, and this really builds on um, the point I was sharing on where we're really excited about which is the intersection of fintech and blockchain. If you take a look at the past one or two decades, despite all the innovation that's happened, the way money moves remains largely the same. Sometimes, or more often than not, you realize that you can't send a dollar to another over the weekends, uh, especially when it comes to cross-border. And I think it's really kind of, that's the thesis and one of the areas that we're excited about. So D3 Labs, for example, is one of our portfolio companies that's based in Indonesia. It is started by the ex-Toko Crypto founders, which is, if I'm not wrong, the first crypto exchange uh, to be licensed in Indonesia. Where D3 Labs is trying to do is to provide stable coin settlement infrastructure to help cross-border payments move a lot more efficiently. Uh, a couple of other portfolios that we're looking at that reflects this intersection between fintech and blockchain is Open Eden. So Open Eden brings US T-bills onto the blockchain in a tokenized format. And this enables real-time exchange, real-time liquidity, and the idea of composability. You can build something on top of these tokenized T-bills. And perhaps last but not least, I'll touch on Helix, which is a, a private credit provider. The idea is that there's actually $120 billion of uh, stable coins that exist on the blockchain today. Most of them are not being put to good use. So is there ways that we can take some of these on-chain assets, on-chain stable coins, and connect them to actually Southeast Asia companies that need private credit. So I think we see essentially this coming together of blockchain technologies and the real world. And that's, a, that's one of the key areas of investment focus for us. Mm. And uh, let's zoom in on the real world, uh, Ting En, which is all about the dollars and cents, right? What is your exit strategy and what is your typical investment horizon and preferred method to cash out? Is there a particular return on investment that you're looking out for when it comes to these uh, early stage startups? Yes. So I think the way we approach it, it's like uh, any typical kind of early stage investor where we adopt a relatively long term view to it. But I think one additional advantage of being a corporate venture capital is that we actually are not limited by typical fund cycles. So in fact, the way we think about investment horizons, it's 10 years and beyond. And that's really kind of why we want to choose to partner with companies from day zero, from day one. 
because we believe that that's the best time to come in. And we really envision that as a group, as a whole, we can partner the founders um, from, from, from their initial idea to something that's at scale. So where Saison Capital comes in, it's really to support it at the early years, um, really providing the necessary capital, the necessary support, and having a team that has also went through that journey of going from zero to one. It's something that we think it's important because it's important to empathize with the founders. But as these companies graduate, as these companies grow, then it's important to bring a larger kind of assets, capabilities, and even licenses to bear. And that is where the Credit Saison Group comes in to really support the growth stage journey of many of these companies. And as far as we look at exit strategy, right, hashing out, what is the so-called endgame for the startups? Do they become part of Credit Saison or do they? Uh, do you cash out and sell the stick to someone else? And if so, what is the typical ROI that we are looking at? Yeah. So the answer is it varies um, and it really depends. So across pretty much all the different methods, um, uh, mostly we are looking at a merger acquisition play, mostly in this region, uh, because the public markets are still rapidly catching up, but uh, perhaps um, are still under development, right? Uh, so really from a merger acquisition play, it's, it's our pathway towards realizing uh, our investment on this. Uh, and more importantly, what we try to engineer is synergies, not just with the Credit Saison Group, but really within our existing network. So this is not this is about bringing the companies um, to get to know each other, different portfolio companies to explore synergies, or even with other other corporate partners, other financial institutions. Uh, I think the benefit of Credit Saison is that we we can not just potentially be an acquirer, but also a customer, a partner, a, a funder in in many different ways. So from that from that idea of realizing value, there are actually more more ways than one uh, for us. To, to, to recognize that. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Tin En Lui, partner at Saison Capital. And let's talk about the wider business environment that Tin En data from PitchBook showed that VC funding globally almost halved in the first six months of 2023. Uh, we saw a 48% decline in investment to around $173 billion. 19% drop off in deal numbers and this is really despite that AI frenzy that we saw earlier. So the question is, are VCs running out of dry powder right now or do they have the dry powder but just not want to deploy funds amid you know, higher valuations or higher interest rates? How do you assess the situation at Saison Capital? Yeah, so what we see is that across the industry, investors are adopting a cautious and measured approach which we actually believe it's the right thing. So even though this current decline in funding is often portrayed in a, in a negative light, well, we do see it as a positive because where we came from was an over-exuberant and perhaps almost irrational markets uh, that is now finally calming down. And, and given that we are taking things from a long-term perspective, a long-term value creation perspective, we think that's healthy for the ecosystem. So I think it's almost like returning back to the original principles or the first principles of what disciplined investments should look like. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing the steep decline in terms of funding. But I think across the board, what we do realize is that at the early stage venture capital, there is still relatively abundant capital that's available. Uh, and firms like Saison Capital and the other firms that we work closely with are constantly um, looking out for for strong and ambitious founders to back. Mm. And I was looking at a Dew Street Asia article at Tin which said that prominent private market investors believe Southeast Asia's moment in the sun has arrived, but it takes fund managers with the ability to deliver long-term and high-quality returns to seize the opportunity. 
Now, it seems very broad here, but any guesses to what that means exactly and why is Southeast Asia a bright spot aside from factors like your large population, growing middle class, younger population, and etc.? Yeah, so I think beyond the, the usual factors, I think what's key is that the first generation of technology companies in Southeast Asia has finally matured and grown. And what that concretely means is that capital and talent are being recycled back into the ecosystem. Uh, if we look at places like US and perhaps closer back home to places like India, the reason why their startup ecosystems are, are, are mature and are well-developed and you have plenty of unicorns is because it really starts with the first generation of successful technology companies that firstly set a role model and secondly, it nurtures a huge uh, talent base for people to come out to build their second, their third companies. And then on the capital front, because these first generation technology companies have done well for investors, that also creates more capital that can be cycled into the ecosystem. So I think this, this, this influx of capital, this influx of talent that is almost being, I would say, recycled and grown in the ecosystem, it's really bringing Southeast Asia to this uh, so-called moment in the sun. Uh, and also importantly, we see that regulators and governments are being supportive of this. Uh, probably if you look back 10 years ago, the regulations around, say, fintech to launch a digital bank, to launch a payment is probably vague at best. But today, most jurisdictions have a pretty clear playbook on how to go about doing that. And I think that re so really bringing these three different factors together, um, capital and talent from first generation successful tech companies um, and also the role of regulators and governments. Hmm. And let's wrap up the conversation by looking at some of your partnerships. Very exciting here as well. Um, according to Technot Global, Saison Capital had in last July introduced a new insights program in collaboration with Stripe. And the program aims to connect startup founders with Stripe leaders from a number of business functions. You have your engineering and even to sales. Uh, tell us more about that. And one year on, how has that reaped tangible rewards in terms of the dollars and cents or, you know, um, tangible? benefits that we can see? Perhaps the most tangible rewards is really the overwhelmingly positive feedback we receive from our portfolio founders. Uh, we believe in the saying that goes like, it takes a village to raise a child. We believe it's the same for a startup. Right? It takes a whole ecosystem to really bring uh, a startup from its infancy to, to, to scale. And I think that, that partnership with Stripe really reflects the essence of it. Um, the idea is we bring some of our portfolio founders to these domain experts at Stripe to brainstorm different, uh, different challenges that they may face. And this, of course, goes beyond just what Stripe offers in terms of their products and services, but even includes things like engineering leadership, things like talent leadership, how do founders think about building their teams, running, uh, creating a good culture. So I think really that's, that's the kind of idea that we have, right? It's can we bring the, the ecosystem closer together and can we bring all the resources that an early stage founder needs um, to really get out and, and, and prove that they have and build a, a, a sustainable business. So overall, I would say this partnership mm -hmm. with Stripe has been a success and that led us to actually to do more of such additional partnerships uh, for example, with Mixpanel, which is a mobile analytics firm. Mm. And talk about that, um, Tin, and take us through what's next for Saison Capital for the rest of this year and into the next. What can we look forward to as far as Singapore is concerned? Absolutely. I think we definitely look forward to continue to be active e ecosystem participants in the fintech and Web3 space. 
uh, we realized that for us as an early stage venture capital firm, it's often a, a lot more than just about providing capital. Uh, what we offer, it's really providing a, a holistic range of support from things like recruitment, from things like really um, research. I think these are things that we really want to bring to not just our portfolio companies, uh, but especially to the fintech and the Web3 space um, in Southeast Asia and especially in Singapore. And, and with a team that's headquartered in Singapore and also the Credit Saison International headquarters over in Singapore, uh, we look forward to continuing investing across ambitious founders who are building new companies. Wow, exciting days indeed. Thanks a lot, Tin En. That was Tin En Lui, partner at Saison Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.